0: little cough
3: here we go john on a sunday uh we decided to start this before the masters ended because the masters ended
0: did the masters end before it even started today (laughs) it's a great question it was
3: uh i i don't know about you i did not have a ton of urgency sunday morning I just didn't feel a ton of urgency Sunday early morning. Um did you? Did you feel like there was a chance Matsyama
0: was uh, pretty I, well I, Saturday? I, I did, no, I did not, guy. I uh I yeah. I, I made a wild bold bet on Saturday to try to get me I wasn't that into the Masters in the sense of I hadn't none of my DraftKings guys. I actually I, I mean I have Hideki and Rom on my team. Uh but my other guys suck, so I had no chance at any money. All the guys I gambled on had no chance. I'm like, I need to put some cash on to get my interest back up. And I basically picked Tony Finau between Matsuyama, Finau, Shoffley, and Leishman. It was kind of a group of like four guys that were between, I'd say, 12 to 1 to 20 to 1. That I thought, you know, this tournament could get a little weird over the weekend. Let's just pick one guy and place a couple hundred dollars down and hopefully I just catch lightning in a bottle and then it happened the opposite. Tony Fino sucked and Matsuyama took off and I've just kind of started doing other shit. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I try. I tried also, I got in one of the draft Kings Sunday. I did not realize this until DraftKings sent me an email. I think it was Saturday morning. Like, Hey, we got Sunday only games. Like you can get in, oh. your lineup's not hanging. I'm finishing right now. I mean, we're recording this before the masters is done, but as of this, I am uh, 58th in our DraftKings game. We can talk about who won coming up in a few. But so I jumped in a Sunday DraftKings Sunday only. That didn't go great for me either. But it was it was fun. Like I appreciate DraftKings adding the uh, adding the little extra flair to it. As of now, it look. I mean, it, we got a close finish. Only a couple holes to play. It looks like Betha is going to win our DraftKings game, which was nine hundred uh, of the winner, uh, Zacker. Looks like he uh, is going to finish second at seven hundred and twenty bucks. Fred twenty one, who I see in our games a lot, five hundred and forty. Is that guy sharp? Who? Because he, uh, Fred. I think Fred's a listener because M Dell, who plays in our games a lot, at fourth place. I know is a listener, and uh, I think it's Matt. Sorry if it's not at three hundred and sixty dollars right now
0: so uh matt mike miguel yeah i mean they're all the same manny uh yeah um i'm not even close to the lead i let's just i mean the patrons we do this for the patrons guys. We do this for the patrons the patrons middle it, it 38
3: is, we, 83 we always like to check in on little jeff your brother. I, I had someone
0: someone shot me a dm like listen i i obviously listen to your guys show i'm a big golf i'm a big football fan i like golf too but god this this broadcast is really cheesy Do you think they'd ever get a little more modern i'm like well i think it's kind of a double whammy i mean jim lives to be cheesy uh but i do think it's the masters live for jim to be like they like the patron i mean they mandate the patrons they mandate you're not allowed to say mud balls like it it is a little over the top guy
3: well it feels more over the top when there's not drama too i would say to oh it, my part. god it's, it's when there's uh, drama you notice it last because it's all just part of the build-up when there's no drama it's like you know, it feels it, it's a little more. Uh, I think it's um, a sleepy broadcast obvious. guy. <laughs> There's only so much you can do. I watch some of the Masters.com early morning Saturday, Friday, Sunday. You know, when golf is not jumping around between 27 different players, and you're just watching three
0: guys play, it is um, alarmingly boring. And I love golf, but can someone get Will's Zalatoris a, a turkey sandwich? I mean, geez, Luis, does that guy weigh 150 pounds? What What do you think his waist size is? Legitimately, 26. Uh, what, I honestly didn't, is there waist size for guys smaller than 30? It probably has to be. I I mean, it may be custom. I don't know. It's 28. I assume, I always, again, I've been 34 to 36 most of my life. I always (laughs) assume like 30, 30 was the smallest. Yeah. Well, he's not 30. No, he's probably 24. How old is he? He's skinny guy. I think he's 24 years old, 25, man. I saw one of the guys was saying, ian baker finch or someone you know they got 18 guys in the broadcast you can tell when it's like nance or faldo the other guys you don't really always know who exactly who it is and he was like i talked to one of Zalatoris' teammates at wake forest and i think wake forest would be the equivalent of like i mean arnold palmer they got a bunch of pga tour it'd be like an lsu of football and he said the day Zalatoris showed up the next couple days they did a qualifying for the team just to gauge where everyone was Zaltoris rookie, or I mean freshman year, beat everyone on the team. Again, powerhouse team by eight shots over two days. They're like, this guy was so much better than all of us the day he showed up It wasn't even funny. He's clearly pretty good.
3: I guess Tony Romo has said that he's been playing with him at his club for a few years. Trinity Forest. He said he was telling people that this guy was going to be a top 20 player back when he wasn't
0: ranked in the top 2,000. I think Phil Mickelson bet someone 100 grand that John Rom would mit, win a major by the time he was 25, or he'd be the number one. Sometimes, if you just find a horse, you know it's fast. You just hype it up, right? It's a hell of a bet. <laughs> so, do you think if Phil, I think I, the bet, I think the bet was he'd be the number one player in the world, which okay. I'm not sure he's accomplished yet. I think he's like two, second or third. But. What
3: would Phil do if the difference between Rom being number one and number two was like Rom beating Phil? And Phil it was going to cost him money, but it was going to make him money and make him look right. You know, yeah. Be I mean, Phil.
0: Fun. Phil once, when he was down betting, got a guy that was involved in insider trading to t- tell him a way to make a quick two million so he could pay him back. So I'd say Phil might, <laughs> Phil might throw the fight. Was, that, was that hey, that see, He's I, I, I bet it's. I bet it's closer to thirty than you think. It's just a solid thirty. A thirty where he needs a belt. Yeah.
3: I like him though, Johnny. It seems like he's a he's going to be around for a little while. Well, guy, he so. looks
0: like the Happy Gilmore caddy, does he not? Uh, Sandler <laughs> tweeted Adam Sandler <laughs> tweeted at him on Sunday. <laughs> he has listen. Everyone is shooting, you know, for that. I'd say Brad Pitt, Channing Tatum, who I follow on Instagram. I mean, just a good looking dude. Just that jawline. Zalatoris' jawline is a little too skinny. It's like. Let's feed this guy some sugars or some fats. I mean, we'll just get a little something on him. The guy's gonna be so skinny when he's like sixty. Like he's gonna be one of those guys, a lifetime skinny guy. Don't you think? You can just tell by his body type. He's yeah, never I, gonna be fat.
3: I, if he, the only way he balloons is if he dr- if he starts drinking a lot of beer, and he'd be skinny from the back and fat from the side in the front. But yeah, he'd still, he still, his he'd frame that. wouldn't change.
0: He would just. Get I've always belly. been jealous of the solid belly guy. Like I get the handles. Like how do you yeah. get the solid belly? Where it's it's just like your body.
3: You don't have abs, but it's built like muscle. Right. Like what? You know who's kind of got that? Just barrel chest, right? But like fat. Yeah. Um, Westwood. Westwood was the guy I was thinking of, but Westwood's was actually in solid shape.
0: I, the I know other thing, Pablo always kind of had it. It was like a tighter <laughs> fat.
3: <laughs> yeah, it, was on the, it was on the fringe. Check the, it was tape on on the on I love the idea. Matsuyama seems pretty fun to just have around all the time because he's not a great putter. Like if he's in the mix, just although he played really well this weekend, Yeah, big I, deal, bro. It's a big. That's that's big. Our country, for the yeah. I'm, I guess um, Andy North said that he thought it would be worth a billion dollars if Matsuyama won
0: for him, just that's, given all the endorsement opportunities and everything that comes with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I I can't speak to the Japanese uh, marketing strategy, but I, I would venture to say, I, I would guess he's already really rich, right? I bet Hideki, if you really got his finances, is sneakier one of the richer athletes like going that no one realizes how much money's flowing his way. Yeah. Like would it shock you if you just found out Hideki had $30 million in endorsements flowing every year? Just a constant flow for the last six or seven years. Yeah. And now that is that going to triple? Like he's like a like Bolly Bollywood actor in the states. Yeah, is, he gonna sign, is he going to sign? Is he going to sign a couple like two hundred million dollar Japanese deals now? It's just like it's a wrap. Is Shrixon?
3: Well, Shrix. What's Shrixon? Where are they
0: based? Yeah, it was. Are I mean, the ball? I, Yeah, I, I mean they were. But people play their golf are clubs they're in Asics. America. That's why they're Asics.
3: They they're tied with Asics now, right? That's a great. I don't know. Well, he wears Asics. I, mean, I think Shrixon and Asics are somehow related. A um,
0: billion dollars. So, Decky ASICS doesn't married, really sell. They just sell, started selling golf shoes in the United States. Because to me, when, I, when you say ASICS, I think running shoes, like track yeah. and field. Right? Yeah. So, nice win for Decky.
3: All right. Uh, so, we talked about the DraftKings game, getting the YouTube channel, mailbag. We just did our biggest mailbag ever this weekend. So, we get it on that. Yeah. I think it was the. Biggest mailbag we've done. Oh yeah, I agree. On the YouTube live, uh, we did oh, 17 it 17 questions, right? Plus a lot of YouTube questions. So iTunes review, leave us a review, leave your question in the iTunes review, and uh, we appreciate the mailbag. That's how you get in. Appreciate you. Also check out the YouTube channel, Hey, Heyerman Middlecoff. Uh, we'll do some live stuff coming up next couple of weeks. We are two and a half weeks from the draft, so, and we'll be doing <laughs> uh, draft. We'll, do, we'll be doing some live draft content on draft night. Woohoo! Bum 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 bum. Ba-ba. podcast today brought to you by geology we'll tell you more about it later but geology.com slash ham and rexrexmd.com slash ham we appreciate their support today and your support yes we do check them out should we address briefly the fact that we got a first look the internet got a first look this weekend on friday
0: at some uh, at the ham draft hat i i got a bunch of dms people want them they're going to go for seven hundred dollars, and we'll start selling them after the draft. <laughs> That's right. They, you you have to pay for them in uh, crypto. Yeah, uh, ADA or
3: Bitcoin only, Or
0: Ethereum or any Ethereum. Of the we'll exactly. Ethereum. We'll take some Ethereum. We we'll want, want Ethereum.
3: Do, Doge. It'll be nine million Doge coins. <laughs> yeah, I like it. So you know, we people were asking, how do I get them? We have not uh, released the details on that. We gotta. Yeah, we gotta it's check coming. our. Our supply chain has got we gotta get, get some ducks in a row here. Yeah, but
1: get get our ready. sales
3: guy on it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh so it's gonna be a fun few weeks, John. Fun few weeks. Well, you can find us on TikToks. Where's that? That's at, guy right. and on at John Middlecoff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like putting two hours into a TikTok, John, you know? Yeah, TikTok's hard, bro. <laughs> it's it's a challenge. <laughs> All right, John. Adam Shafter, who's been on this podcast, was on Matt Mayoko's show podcast. And uh, talking about quarterbacks, Shefty said this. Now, if you're asking me today who I would guess the Niners draft, I would guess Mac Jones today. But we're also three weeks away from the draft. There are going to be a lot of meetings. There are going to be a lot of discussions. There are going to be attending workouts. Uh, Shefter said, I think they go into this looking at three quarterbacks who will be there. They're obviously going to watch Justin Fields work out again. They, they, I think they have a high opinion of Trey Lance, and I think they have a high opinion of Mac Jones. So I think they like all three. I think they have an open mind right now. Open mind right now. Now, you and I, we have been very open-minded over the possibility of this Mac Jones stuff. It's not real yet, and it's certainly not over, John. And Schefter is telling us this is
0: not over. We have not come down the stretch yet of this Kentucky Derby. Well, one thing I saw today on the internet streets was, oh, the backpedal has started! And what had we been hammering home for weeks? This franchise has had a consistent, a consistent theme to it. They took over the the leakiest operation since the Titanic went down. It was, I mean, an embarrassing joke, was it not? The last, Jim's last year, and then the the year of Tom Sula and the year of Chip. They, they were, uh... A Cleveland Browns, uh, when Mark Davis took over the Raiders, like they, they were a Lions. They, they were a laughing stock. And it wasn't just because they were losing. It was because of everything that was coming with it. That completely changed. And Lynch, remember early on, was really adamant about, like, I wasn't going to take over something. And it was never going to be like, are Kyle and John going to talk? It was like, were there other little leakies? And it was kind of like, is the owner talking a lot? That was the thing. It was... People forget this now because we are years removed and it's just, listen, it's natural for us all to not remember shit. But I don't think, I think people underestimate the consistent theme of the leaks were coming from Jed York, that Jed could not keep his mouth shut. And remember John Lynch said when he took the job, he's like, yeah, I said a couple things and I just wanted to see if they came out and they didn't. And I felt more comfortable. Do you remember that? Yes. When John had mentioned, like, in an interview process, he had said a couple things and just kind of yep. wanted to it was keep a test. his head on a swivel. Yeah, he tested them. And you know what? Since they've been here, they have been really, really quiet. And you're telling me now that the whole world just knew they were going to take Mac Jones? I never believed it. And the backpedal... We talked about this the other day. The theme... Or not the theme, but the consistency of this time of year, the rinse, wash, repeat nature of it. The sources... Leaked out, everyone freaks, and then the draft happens, and it's the opposite. It happens every fucking year. The same reactions, the same people going on on TV. It's racism. It's, you know, these coaches are idiots. It's blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's like, oh, my God, we do it every single year, end of March, early April. And then, boom, the dude, like, I can't believe Justin Fields went 17th. It's like, guys, the draft is three weeks away. What, what are we arguing over, right? If, let's just pump the brakes a little bit. And I just think this is headed where it's headed. Then Mac Jones, we talked about this also last week. That when you look at the players that they've invested a lot in, have been big time traits guys. Whether it be their high draft picks in Bosa that have done well. Bosa is a great example. Uh, McGlinchey's not a great example, right? The, the success they've had, like you know, with Debo and Ayuk, these guys with high end traits, and Mac doesn't fit that. Trent Williams who they just traded for, complete freak show. Literally sat out a year, came back pro bowl. I mean, it was like if, if that to me, wouldn't you say Trent Williams like the definition of an NFL freak? Literally disappeared for a year, then they had no OTAs, came back was like make <laughs> yeah. pro bowl. I mean, it was yeah. it was honestly, it was pretty eye-opening and it's also eye-opening when you haven't followed his career that closely how enormous he is. But like that's who Kyle that's who Kyle Shanahan and Mike Shanahan drafted once upon a time. So now they're just going to take the guy with the lowest floor. And you mentioned before we hit record, and I think I got forwarded the same picture of there was a picture going around the Internet streets of Tua and Mac standing next to each other. They look like the same size. So it's just it's not like Mac Jones, some six, six pocket quarterback with some hose. And we'll get into Trey Lance here in a second. But I, I, I don't view this as a backpedal because I never bought into it. Now, I was. I was like, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be totally shocked if they picked them, but I didn't think anything was set in stone with Mac Jones three weeks ago. Well, been, yeah, like I said, if they take and it's still they they still could. And I stand by what I said. It'd be the most arrogant draft pick in the history of the league. Nothing's over. Nothing has changed
3: since we first started talking about this. But it was a couple of things were alarming how universal the agreement was Um this far out before they'd been to see him before they'd been to see trey lance before they'd been to see justin fields what has changed well time first of all this is it's four weeks it's like the one thing i'll say about the zach wilson to the jets rumor like that thing has been steady and strong and hasn't really changed for a while now right this mac jones thing came on 100 miles an hour and to your point, and I said this about Mac and Kyle's history, I don't think it really matches what Kyle would want. But, and I think these other guys, I think taking a risk would. But let's just think about this for a second. You, Because you asked me this question before we started recording. What has changed? Like, why would the narrative or the reports, or however you want to phrase it, change from they're all in on Mac Jones to, What Schefter then said now, well, maybe they like these other guys. Maybe they're open minded, whatever, because I think to say they like him today, but they're open minded is to kind of hedge on the things might not be Mac Jones. But what has changed? I mean, Sam Darnold got traded. So if they were playing a game with the Panthers, I guess that's something that changed. But they've been ahead of the Panthers for a few weeks now. Right. Uh, I mean, what's changed? Why would this change today? Well, what has
0: changed? Well, because the Jets could have been open-minded to make a trade. Right. Right. What if there was a trade from the Panthers? If you love trade lands and you knew the Panthers, like part of this the draft process, I've always said this about value, isn't just about knowing where you can buy the player, right? If you can get a player at 17 and you're drafting at 8, it makes sense to try to get back to 16 to 18 range. Mm -hmm. But if you know a team at 15 also likes the player that you love, that they would take the guy if he's there or if where you're at just is one spot above you and will jump you, then you can get screwed. And it's why it makes sense to not only lie but push lies this time of year. What if the Jets went, well, what if we get three ones and keep Sam Darnold, right? What if we could and not move down that far? Like we could just go to eight and still get a tackle. Or what if... It turns out the Carolina Panthers, the guy they loved, who they thought, let's say their board went, Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance number two. It wouldn't make sense for the Niners to let out Trey Lance was the reason they traded that package to the the Dolphins. It would make 100% sense for them to leak that it was Mac Jones, because then it's like, well, they're going to take Mac Jones, don't worry about it, because... What the fuck does Sam Darnold have in common with Mac Jones? Like, their playing style, really, like I've been saying, is more like Burrow. So, you tell me, guy. Because the rumor happened, the the people doubled down on their bet on Mac Jones going to the Niners, and see, Carolina Panthers waved the white flag because they couldn't get Mac Jones. Well, they didn't acquire a guy that plays anything like Mac Jones. They actually have a Mac Jones-like player in Teddy Bridgewater. It actually shows you that there are... Enthralled would be the wrong word because they didn't spend that much to get Sam Darnold, but they are, they were seeking an athletic type quarterback, right? Well, he, yeah, and again, like you, the other thing, what they have,
3: like the nine, the other similarity with the Niners is they do have a quarterback on the roster under contract. If they needed to draft one player who might need a redshirt year, quote unquote, right? Like what Mel Kiper when he was on this podcast. Suggested. Now, we could talk about whether or not Trey Lance should do that or not, but that's another similarity that the Panthers have with the 49ers is they do have an expensive quarterback on their roster. They could, in theory, just play that guy while they develop the backup quarterback. Did you mention Joe Brady yet when you mentioned? Uh, No, I don't think so. I I mean, you think about the quarterback that Joe Brady had a lot of success with at LSU. He was an athletic quarterback, right? Yeah. Burrow. So, I do think there are some Burrow-Darnold comps athletically. Like, I think that's an interesting... Um, comp you just made. There's not a sim- A lot of similarities uh, athletically between between Mac and Burrow. We've had a few people. Somebody we talked about that the other day. And Then somebody DM me. Apparently, Joe Burrow was like an all-state point guard, point guard out of high school. Yeah. Yeah. Super athletic. Much more athletic than Mac Jones even though some people think When you say, say is in athletic.
0: this Once Urban got there, the level of quarterback they were going at in the in recruiting athletically was different than probably yeah. the Krenzels you were naming the when you were years ago. Yeah. yeah. They they were going after a cam, a Tebow, like an elite guy cuz that's what what is Urban When I think Urban Meyer, I think an athletic quarterback, right? Absolutely. You know uh, Alex Smith.
3: The the other thing um that Joe Douglas, Eagles, Howie Roseman, one move. It's never one move. It's always three moves with Howie, right? Does the trade back with Miami. What if Joe Douglas wanted to move back to – what if he had considered I'll go to eight with Carolina, two to eight, and then maybe I'll try and come back up to four, right, with Atlanta. uh, Maybe I'll go back up to six, whatever. Like he could have been considering that. And add a first-round pick along the way. Yeah, like – and then I can move back and maybe I still get a guy that I like, right, because – If they both like Lance, maybe Joe Douglas is thinking, well, I can go back to four. Maybe I like fields enough. I don't know. Whatever. I just you start thinking about all these scenarios where it's not black and white sometimes, right? It might be just a value play. Well, I can get this guy, too, but I like the guy Could get a four and I could add another first round pick. Like maybe that's worth it. So there were some reasons. And you and I talked about this when the Niners traded for the third pick. And I said it. I would not sleep easy. I know everyone's saying Zach Wilson. I know they've talked to the Jets. If I were the Niners, I wouldn't exhale until I'm on the clock. And I know for sure
0: who I'm drafting.
3: And I still kind of feel
0: that way. Just because I I know they don't. I I know they don't get the same. The money doesn't come from the same places anymore. I do feel it'd be Mike. When I think McDaniel's, I think Lafleur. Like they were like two peas in a pod. Like how would those guys not be communicating? It, it let's say me and you went to like rival podcasts but we we're still buddies i guess the jets and niners aren't rivals but competing for the same stuff we'd still talk i i just have a hard time thinking that those organizations through their coaches don't know unless Kyle just hasn't told them
3: Kyle might just know naturally with a he you don't tell, put it this how, here's a here's a better analogy i think we split up and don't talk do you think I could guess if you were drafting second, I was drafting third? Do you think I could guess the the like what I think you would do? Do you think you could guess what you think I would do? Like yes, yes. So they might not even have to talk to kind of know who Mike LaFleur would like. Yeah,
0: or exactly no, who call, Kyle loves. But, exactly who yeah. Kyle loves. Yes, Kyle might have told Robert Sala during the fall, <laughs> right? Like, hey, I mean, we're out of it. I. What if What if I told you? Here's the, John, again, he started they've, watching some of the college quarterbacks in December.
3: They've also all talked on the... Like, officially, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have talked to Joe Douglas. They've talked about Stamza. They know what... Like, all this stuff, these discussions, they've all talked to each other. Now, maybe about something else, but you're kind of fishing. Again,
0: I... It doesn't seem... It, yeah, Joe Douglas it looks like a guy that can keep a secret, doesn't he? Yeah, so does Kyle Shanahan, but... You're saying if you were to trust each other? Yeah, I'm just saying I, I do think they could work hand in hand and keep a good working relationship to each other. Like well, Joe the Douglas, fact salt the, of the earth, blue collar lineman. Gotcha. Like I he's believe that yeah. type. Yeah.
3: Uh, the Niners, multiple people were trying to trade up to three, and that thing stayed quiet for a month. You know, like I, I believe that discussion started based on what John Lynch said at the beginning of March. Because they were done watching the quarterback tape by the end of February, so they started trying to move up at the beginning of March.
0: I think the key now is for the people that just, you know, intake this content like cocaine to their brain. There's hope now. There's hope. The backpedal is just remember who did not go hook, line, and sinker
3: on Mac Jones. Everybody, okay? Now, if he gets taken, then we—that's a different conversation. Yeah, then we'll figure it out from there. By the way, John, I just got—we just uh, got a tweet. Congratulations to. Uh, this is, where's our guy, Nick? No, uh, Mashman, who said, tweeted at us and said that he, I just won the Ham Masters League. I used my wife's name. Thanks for setting this up. So 900 bucks, (laughs) Betha, Betha Medea, I think is his wife's name. Congratulations. It's like naming your your boat after your wife, you know, attaboy, naming your DraftKings team is, is the modern version of naming your ship. Afternoon, Congratulations. Like your yacht. That that is cool. That's cool. John, let's tell the people about geology. It is what we use and you got to give it a shot. 40% off right now at geology.com/ham. That's G E O L O G I E geology.com/ham.
0: This is men's skincare at a very high level. Well, you're thinking about this, guy. Most men, and I know I could relate, you used to be like, I'll just use Dove soap all over my body and on my face and my head. No. Guys, this isn't the 50s. It's 2020. 2021. Get with the times. <laughs> you go to geology, and listen, I have really oily skin, and I shave my head so it can get extra oily. Here's the key. You go to geology.com slash ham. You fill out a little questionnaire. You, you let them know you got oily skin, you got dry skin, what you need. They sent me face wash. They sent me different uh uh, some stuff to exfoliate they sent me fantastic night cream i'd never used creams before in my life put a night cream i wake up my face is really supple and some good uh vital morning face cream as well i mean they the products they sent me were outstanding can't thank them enough
3: i'll tell you one thing that happens to me because i i try to shave every day in the pandemic it's it's for the last year john is probably the only time i've been shaving every day just to try and feel you're at home you're not going out i just want to feel like i got my act together and so what is, what happens is I'll end up with dry skin all over my face, like oh, around my lips, yeah. under my, my chin, just cause my skin, when you shave every day, it kind of takes a little bit of a beating. I have sensitive skin and the night cream. And then the, I've got this uh, vital morning face cream to me, it makes oh. such a difference. My wife's not walking up to me, picking dry skin off of my chin, that sort of thing. Um, and geology hooked it up. So yep. the, between I, the night cream and the day cream, it's just changed kind of how soft and, uh, presentable. I, I my, my face
0: is. I can notice. The Guys, difference. let's stop stop being old school. Get with the times. Save up to 40%. 40% first purchase of a trial set. Head over to geology.com slash ham. G-E-O-L-O-G I-E dot com slash ham. Do it now. One thing that Schefter told Mayoko,
3: just a little drop it in. I think they have a high opinion of Trey Lance. Hmm. Hmm. and the more you read the more people you talk to the more you read and hear other people there are a lot of things that it seems like Kyle would attach to with this guy who by the way turns 21 after the draft in May he's 20 years
0: old I uh, text him with a buddy on Saturday I'm like have you watched Trey Lance he's like actually just kind of bored had a couple pops I was going to throw him in right now this team is not in the quarterback mix. Calls me about 30 minutes later. He's like, you know what? I could see Kyle Shanahan liking him. And I said, why? He said, you should see this guy throw on the run and on the move. I'm like, what's Kyle's bread and butter? The play action boot pass, right? It, it became a cheat code this year for Rodgers. It was like, Aaron, if you just embrace this offense, it won't be fair. He's like, okay, I'll just fuck. I'll give in. MVP! Matt Matt Ryan the first year was like, you know, I didn't love turning my back to the defense and he embraced it MVP. But Matt Ryan, unlike Rogers, wasn't a great athlete. And you saw it with goth, you know, there were guys wide open. It was just always a little awkward when he was on the move. And Jimmy's decision-making wasn't that good. My buddy's like, this guy's actually pretty accurate. And I said, what do you think about the Kaepernick comp? He's like, actually, I kind of thought that too watching him. Now he's like, I do think he's more ac much more accurate on the move. Touch, he said was something that would be a concern, uh, but he's like, if you look at recent memory, if you get a high character guy, this guy is. If you get a guy that everyone loves, this guy's represented by Tom Condon. Uh, f- full disclosure, we've been trying to get him on the show. Clearly, they're keeping him a little low profile. He's represented by Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Alex Smith, Stafford. Like they, they don't mess with no issues. Like they ain't fucking around. And to me, that's a positive. And on top of Trey Lance, it's like, he's just this raw product that you get to mold. I could see the, maybe their Jimmy ploy is, because his point is like, well, you know how you thought, talking to me, that Jimmy's a foregone conclusion gone at the draft. If you draft Trey Lance, maybe because he's only played the one year, you just at least wait till some training camp practices No, okay, we got like, this guy can start or maybe he's clearly not ready before you pull the trigger yeah. on Jimmy. It yeah. gives you a contingency plan. Almost like uh we used to say this a lot with guys in a draft room on uh talking players, like, you know, if, if he goes to the right coach, he could be a pro bowler. If he goes to the wrong place, out of the league three years. It was the ultimate like cover your ass. But it's a natural you and I Doesn't do mean it it's like wrong. most humans do it, right? It's not. If Trey Lance, what if he's not ready, and there's no way to know if he would be ready because he just hasn't played. You could con- I would backpedal a little bit on my Jimmy is gone draft night if Trey Lance is the pick, even though I think Jimmy's time would still be numbered maybe by week one. But I think you would want to see something with a guy that's been a one-year starter and, like you said, 20 years old.
3: I, I, I watched a video today from several weeks ago from NFL Network. I just stumbled into it doing some Trey Lance reading, and it was our buddy Lance Erline saying – that he thinks Trey Lance is a great fit for the Niners. And if the Niners want to keep Jimmy around, then Trey Lance is actually the perfect quarterback for them to draft. But he also referenced a bunch of stuff like his offense is very similar West Coast, a lot of bootlegs, a lot of fullback and tight end throws, very long. I was reading this article from Mark Schofield at Yahoo Sports from mid March, and he had some quotes from North Dakota State's offensive coordinator. And he said, Our verbiage is, first of all, our verbiage is long. Like it's, shanahan-esque long play calls one thing he said was our guys have to make calls from the huddle no one even huddles anymore our guys have to play call in the huddle and then trey lance has a lot of responsibility at the line of scrimmage pre-snap like i think there is a lot when one thing you've said a lot is you can draft a guy but once you get him you just don't there's a lot of stuff you don't know how he's going to handle it until
0: he's in your building I do think one thing you could try to do foot, is foot, football stuff too. Like, cause you're pr- even draft picks, you're projecting their football. And a lot of times it doesn't parallel stuff. That's where that is a huge benefit. Yeah. What if, if the guy makes throws plays?
3: that you call? What if the guy <laughs> has to do yeah. some of the things that, you know, creates a big learning curve for your quarterbacks? Like it did for Matt Ryan, the long play calls. So I, I do think there are some areas where Shanahan could try and project under, under center, under center. I think, uh, you know, you can watch the tape and know that the adjustments being made at the line of scrimmage are... You could probably get in the film room and ask him about a little bit and find out how much he was really doing at the line of scrimmage because according to his coaches, it's a lot. And only 20. I think Kyle would love the idea of a Like, you could argue that Kyle can do way more molding with Trey Lance than he can do with Justin Fields, that Justin Fields maybe is a little bit closer. Not that you can't do that stuff with Justin Fields too, but just that there is way more clay to work with when it comes to Trey Lance, so I, you know, um, I think there's a lot there, and you know, you and I talked about how dumb some of the Ohio State, no Ohio State quarterback has succeeded. I mean, we're talking about guys that were not drafted very high, but this is now the third straight NFL quarterback that North Dakota State has produced. Maybe there's something to the way they coach these guys in college. Totally agree.
0: Uh, I was watching some Path to the Draft last, I think on Friday actually, and DJ ranked. Fields and Lance. Just how one-two who he'd take. Because I do think there are, there are parallels between it's, it's just going to go Trevor, it's going to go Zach. Most human be- beings do not believe Mac Jones is in Z- Trey Lance or Justin Fields' category. I would agree. He took Lance over Fields. And one comment he had, he just like, I, I think there's just more urgency to the way he plays. He's just, his, his play style is just twitchier. Uh, and that's to the Kaepernick comparison, who... You know, I, I said, well, in the clips I watched, I thought he was a little more fluid. He's like, yeah, you know, NFL people, when they're super locked, he's like, I still think he's a little tight. Like, he's not going to be Kyler or Vic juking or Lamar juking people out. But his athleticism, to run like, <laughs> like young Kaepernick's, is a huge, huge benefit, right? Young Kaepernick was really, could just run away from guys. And just even if it get to the sideline for five or six yards, which is something Jimmy doesn't bring to the table. I think drafting Trey Lance would be an all-time curveball because for the fans, they were wanted no part of Mac and they wanted Justin Fields, but I don't think they could. This would be he did take a huge swing, yeah, right, and then it would just be kind of Trey Lance from then on out would be being compared to wherever Justin Fields ends up going, right? I don't do you see? I don't think it's nothing. Now maybe he would have done this
3: before if 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 Fields. Had had his workout in Mac and had their workout before the Niners just traded up to three. Maybe the Niners would have attended none of them, right? The Mac workout came and the Fields workout came on the same day well, they're doing, after the Niners. Yeah, they're doing up. like seven pro days, too. So Yeah, it's, so now you're you getting another you one. Get... But I don't think it's nothing. Like, one thing I've just kept in the back of my head, I don't think it's nothing that the Niners didn't go to the Trey Lance workout back when they were drafting 12.
0: Yes, I agree. I don't think that's nothing. And Kyle we, Kyle's talked about that. The reason when they've been in the back before why they don't go to that's work. That's right. And then he said it, it at the press conference. conference. Yeah. So, I,
3: I do think there's something here with Trey Lance and as someone who has said I'd love Justin Fields uh, as a draft pick for Kyle, I would be I'd be I would be very intrigued by Trey Lance at 3. Like I if he makes that pick, I would think I
0: would call that an inspired pick. Like that is I'm, a I'm, high high
3: ceiling potential pick.
0: I'm going to go on record right now saying April 11th, I think Trey Lance is the guy they end up taking. The more I thought about it a lot after talking to some people, I've been trying to put their puzzle together. I think that Trey Lance makes actually a lot of sense, like backing it up. You got to reverse it because before he was the sleeper kind of of the group, including Mac Jones, because he was the small school guy. No one watched him play live. But I think in NFL circles, it's why I think you hear a lot of like Washington loves him, other teams like him. He is the upside guy that no one knows. Like The reason Justin Fields gets talked about the most, and this is classic every year, the guy from the biggest school with a lot of talent is going to be the guy that everyone wants. And he's, and he's, he's got the numbers make him, to back it up, right? Yeah, it doesn't make him the best prospect. And part of it is projecting. Kyle might see things in Trey Lance that he likes over Justin Fields. Like, do you... If it comes Saturday or Thursday night, they take Trey Lance and pass on Justin Fields. Like, are we talking about that as like a controversial decision or is well, that celebrated? Yeah, I think it's celebrated. I think it'll be controversial only in this, not in like an
3: angry controversy. It's not back! <laughs> yeah, well, that exactly. That would be celebrated. But I think it would be controversial only in the sense that like Justin Fields is a really good prospect. So you made a choice here. But I think like feel... Um, to me, Lance...
0: Like, wh- wh- who are you leaning they take right now at three?
3: So it's funny you say this. I Last week I was texting with somebody who covers the team, and we we're going back and forth about why we both think it'll be Lance.
0: I, haven't, I hadn't necessarily
3: settled on that because then the Mac Jones stuff kind of picked up. Fields feels too easy. If I had to make odds right now, I would also go Lance because it's been the quietest
0: guy they've been on. Yeah. Right? So honestly, that's the way I follow the Niners, like the quieter they the quieter are, quieter they in are some, in something like this where you like know the two or three guys it's between. It's got to
3: be. And best. I think some of this stuff is the easiest to match them with when we start talking about all the things that Trey Lance did in college, his youth. And the other thing I was going to say is I think Lance, I don't you know, I don't love the Kaepernick comp to Lance from what I've watched. Trey Lance, I don't I know I don't see it because I think he is. I don't actually don't think his arm is as strong downfield as Collins is, but I think he does a lot of other stuff better than Collins. I did. think they're talking more like body type and movement wise and okay. stuff like that. Um, but uh, I th- like to me, wh- where the comp would be is ready for this double comp Mahomes and and Josh Allen. I'm not saying he's those guys. I'm just saying the leap is bigger for him. Like, the leap was bigger for Josh Allen than it was for some of the other guys in his draft. The projection on Mahomes, right, took a little more vision than, like, the Deshaun Watson projection. Would you agree with that? Based on college, just like college production. Like, that one took a little more vision. I'm putting Lance in that category only from that standpoint. Like, it just takes a little more vision, but because of that untapped potential, the ceiling is higher. It would not... Surprise me in the least Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan just texted
0: me he said he loved your he loves your comp yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, Josh, Josh Allen with it. a little Mahomes yeah he, Josh he's Allen like, with little. we're taking him it's like every <laughs> it's like
3: every college senior when you ask him like who he plays basketball like. yeah
0: ah, it's like Kobe but so that makes it sound like not LeBron. as awesome as like if you just went Mahomes a little bit of Josh Allen that's too great you gotta go he's Josh Allen with a little Mahomes sprinkled
3: yeah and some some
0: <laughs> and then and a little Kaepernick you know to kind of equal it out <laughs> I think if I, what I mean by it, the simplest
3: way to put it is, I just think it would not surprise me if Shanahan thinks that Lance's ceiling is higher than Justin Fields. And when I when I mention him with Allen and Mahomes, all I'm talking about is
0: the gap between what they've done and where their ceiling actually is. One, well, think about this, and this is why I had such an issue with when I still had to, and I still acknowledge, like Mac Jones is a possibility of of investing your life savings. In the safe route, when like you have been saying the whole time, and anyone with a brain, there is no such thing as safe in the NFL. With a non-like even like luck, and definitely Mac Jones is not. It would just been like, you know, I, I think I mentioned this like an oxymoron. It's like the polar opposite. You do one move here, and then the then the final result is the opposite. This would be if you are going to take just a swing for the fence, you double down on taking the guy that is the swing for the fence, right? I think what makes him so intriguing slash just – there's just so much unknown. And I think anytime you have an unknown, like no one's seen him. You can go on YouTube and watch highlights. There is just a difference of being a Niner fan and watching a couple Mac Jones, Justin Fields, even Zach Wilson. Like you've just seen him play live on your couch. There's some comfort in that. I'm not saying there wouldn't be comfort in this pick just because it's not Mac Jones. But I do think some people would be like, wow, this is pretty risky, right? Yeah, but 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 again,
3: I think they're all risky. And I think if I'm More Shanahan— was risky the
0: moment they traded, so we might as well— get. I'd go
3: double down on the risk. Wait a second, you're, already you're telling me with this risk. guy's barely played football and he's this level of prospect? And he's this high level of guy? I, you know, uh, all the stuff, and we've talked about it, this Justin Fields banged the table when they were not going to let him play. Justin Fields said, we want to play. And, you know, he gets a lot of credit for that. And he should. But Trey Lance should get a lot of credit for Minnesota wanted him to be a safety. And he was like, no, I am a quarterback. I'm going to be a quarterback. I think I said this a couple of weeks ago. My perspective on Tebow, how I changed my perspective on him. I used to be with the crowd yelling, Tim, if you really love football, you would switch to H back. Tim's like, no, I want to be a I want to be a quarterback. I want to see if I can do that. And I used to kind of mock him for it. And I, I was stupid. I give him nothing but respect for that. I knew what he wanted to be. He didn't want to be an back. It doesn't mean he didn't love football. He wanted to be a quarterback. Trey Lance wanted to be a quarterback. And his only chance to do that was to go to North Dakota State. And he did it. Look at what he's done. I mean, he 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 did it, John. That's pretty incredible. And Hashtag he should get, bet on yourself. He should get so much credit for that.
0: Just like Justin, should, Vick, just like all these guys. Like, Should we change the name of this pod to bet on yourself? Bet on yourself pod? <laughs> that's, that's what we did. You know, sometimes you just got to, and it's, It's a little easier now. I think it was much more just natural in college football for guys to switch positions. I remember being at at Fresno State, and we would offer guys as athletes, and they would think they could play quarterback, and then they'd be playing corner by like the third week. That used to be very, very prevalent at bigger schools, like the Power 5 schools, right? When guys could go to, let's say, a Fresno State and play quarterback. Fresno was a bad example because they ran a pro style, but some of just a Tulsa or whoever just ran some of these weird offenses and potentially play quarterback Houston. But if you wanted to go to Ohio state, you might have to play safety. And I think guys that stuck it out and actually got to play quarterback, even if it wasn't on power five, I bet a lot of them would say, I'm fucking glad I did it. I got to be a three year starter. Yeah. And this is the best case scenario when you become a big time draft pick, but would you rather play quarterback and be a three year starter at Nevada or would you rather be a safety at Oregon and maybe start one year and not be an NFL player? Right? Because most guys, the reality is most guys aren't NFL players on a college football team. And that's at Ohio State, let alone at Oregon State. Right? Minnesota. Little, yeah, let alone at Minnesota or Nevada. So I, I, I give, if you believe in something and you like doing it, reading reading would be strong. Listening to Steve Young's book he was big on that. Mm-hmm. Remember, he was going to tell BYU no because North Carolina allowed him to play quarterback right. and he got lucky. They ultimately dropped a scholarship or whatever and he got to go there. But, you know, I give you a lot of credit. Like you had a belief when you were in high school. A lot of kids, whether it's football, whether it's just life, don't quite, are more unsure and more willing to just go with the coolest thing or just kind of follow the pack. I give people a lot of credit that have a distinct vision at 16, 17, 18 years old because that, to me, that tells something a lot about someone's future i mean look at haberman yeah
3: look look at me uh yeah i mean it says something about work ethic if you pull it off too like i just think there's so much of this all the questions that you have about a guy i think kyle can get some of the answers that you can't always get about guys when it comes to trey lance and um the only other thing i would say about this right now is while you're right, if they draft him, it might make it more likely that Garoppolo is their quarterback. It also would mean, if Garoppolo is their quarterback, that Trey Lance basically has gone two years without playing football games. If, yeah, it'd be if a lot somehow of it'd be a lot of sitting, um, I don't know if they'd want to do that. Maybe they think it'd be
0: good. I don't know. But it also so would give him an guys, opportunity. So we got a lot of Trey Lance stock to carry us it, it, It'd <laughs> give
3: him a lot of opportunity to, um, to come that, out no looking doubt. a lot better two years later than he did the last time we saw him. That's a good topic about May 10th. Okay. Got it. (laughs) All right. So if Jimmy Jimmy survives, ham pod is in on Trey Lance's the pick. Yes. John, let's tell the people about rexmd.com slash ham. That's rexmd.com slash ham. A lot of men's health issues have really simple solutions. And rexmd.com slash ham is a
0: really simple solution. Guy, one thing this show knows a lot about guys, men, you got a couple guys, a couple dudes in their mid-30s. And listen, we are kings of, I, I know this, I never want to go to the doctor. I avoid them at all costs for anything. It's a, it's a bad habit. and something I need to break out of. ED is something that impacts a lot of people. And you don't want to tell anyone. That's fine. I, I wouldn't either. You can let people know without letting anyone know because it's all through the internet now. And right now, sample packs of ED medications are available to the listeners of this show through RexMD.com. They carry the most popular medications and at great prices. How do you beat that guy?
3: half of all men experience ed after the age of 40 that stat might sound scary but it is a fact way more common than you and I ever realized till we read that stat it's never been easier to take control of your health those sample pack uh, prescriptions that John mentioned are available at rexmd.com slash ham rex rex slash ham to get started with rexmd that's rexmd.com ham do it now rexmd.com ham do you know where the first skill player was drafted in the 2020 NFL draft last year? Do you know what position it was?
0: Yes, I think I share a name with the head coach, and his name would be John Gruden. Henry Ruggs the Third. that was the 12th pick. It was. Would you be
3: surprised if we last until 12 for the first skill guy? Apologies to Jeff Okuda for not calling cornerback <laughs> skill guys.
1: Uh,
0: one, one thing I think was pretty consistently said last year. Is I guess there were two things. One overall theme was it was potentially the deepest wide receiver glass in the top couple rounds we'd ever seen. And you and I have talked about, we lived through it. I mean, we talk a lot of, obviously, the Niners and even Raiders with those two guys, but it was impossible to not the Justin Jeffersons of the world and Judys and the C.D. Lambs. It was awesome. It lived up to the hype, dudes or studs. The other thing that we heard is in this historically deep, at the top, right in the first and second round wide receiver draft, if the dude that could have come out, Jamar Chase, came out, he would have been the number one guy in the class. Like, to me, if Jamar Chase had been in the class and been there at 12, it would have been insanity to take Henry Ruggs over Jamar Chase. Especially, Jamar Chase ran a four three nine. Now... The times are inflated this year because none of the guys ran a combine, and the combine are electric times. These are hand times; they're faster. I don't think Jamar Chase is a four three nine guy. I bet if we, well, I guess Rugs ran like a four two eight at the combine. <laughs> Rugs' speed is elite. Like Rugs is. Can we electric faster. time
3: this thing off the
0: video? I don't understand. Yeah, it's just, it just is what it is. I, I don't know; it's complicated, guys. Scouts get angry; they're there to time, and uh, I this guy would have gone higher, and then. To me, guy, there's this curveball. Oh, yeah. And there's also this like 6'6 hybrid tight end that ran like a 4'4, who's like 245 pounds, and he's an unstoppable force. Think like uh, Gronkowski, but a more fluider mix with Hernandez and potentially Kelsey, but even better. That's what the way they're talking about Kyle Pitts. So, and and in modern day football, Kyle Pitts is viewed more as a pass catcher than he's not a blocker. Like, he's not going to be George Kittle. Guess what? No one cares. So to me, Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts are probably going in the top 10. And last year, for as great as the draft was, the skill guys, and it was awesome. And there's a chance when the dust settles, like there aren't five total wide receivers in this draft as good as that whole crew. But I do feel at the top end, the skill guys are going to go a lot higher, which I think is a big reason why Howie went from like 6 to 12 because he knows other position players are going to get pushed down. Remember, part of it, Last year was quarterbacks and tackles. It was just like, and corners. It was two corners went, the Jags took one, the Lions took one. About seven linemen went, it feels like, between the top 12, 13 picks, including Kinlaw, as defensive tackle, and quarterbacks, The three quarterbacks in the top six. So it was just, it was kind of a meat and potatoes draft. And then all the wide receivers went flying off the shelf, starting at pick 12, yeah. right? Basically to the Niners. Thir- well, John, I mean,
3: 13 receivers went from pick 12 to pick uh, fifty nine. All right, so that's the, that's the Denzel Mims at fifty nine was the last receiver taken of the second round, and when he got drafted, like he was the thirteenth yeah. receiver taken in the draft. But for Jeff Akuda's sake, John, we'll say offensive skill guys
0: um, for all the uh, for all the corners out there. But I don't uh, Jeff Akuda, From what I've heard, I don't know if he has any room to complain after his. I'm just saying, well, not we, go don't well. we call corners technical? Don't we refer to them as skill guys? Kind they of they are. St- Yeah, I mean, they run with the skill guys when they're doing gassers, so yeah. They're fast, they're skinny. (laughs) (laughs) So this year, I mean, to your point, if
3: Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, you know, if those guys go in the top 10, then does that mean all of a sudden one of these Alabama receivers goes before even the first guy went last year? Do we have two receivers plus Pitts off the board before 12? But,
0: But do you know what I think last year showed? Part of it in the draft is always the supply and demand. So you go, well... It's harder to find a left tackle now, or it's going to be later. You got to take them now. I can find a wide receiver later. Like you got to factor that in. But I do think it's like I'd always rather have my left tackle I than my wide receiver. More. Yeah. I, well, so wh- why wouldn't all these tackles? If there are three tackles worthy of top fifteen picks, you should like when I see the Atlanta Falcons should they take you know or 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 the Bengals should they take J- Jamar Chase to link him back up with Joe Burrow? No. Just that, that viral meme that's going around is kind of true. Like, you can just find another skill guy in the second round, get a lineman to block for the guy, You right?
3: mean the meme of they draft Penny Sewell and Joe is throwing and they draft yeah, Jamar Chase? Yeah, throwing like a clean
0: pocket, draft Jamar Chase, sacked. Jamar's wide open, and he's sacked.
3: Well, I think part of this is like— It is a good meme, though. It's a very good meme, and I think it speaks to the bigger thing in the NFL right now is last year going to be an outlier where basically, again, if rugs, but like 14 receiver draft picks got nailed, like just nailed 14 picks. Like I don't, you're not going to get maybe the 2020 class every year, but I do think there is something to this thing where just rookie receivers come into the NFL and are productive right away. I I think that is real. I think the idea that you don't have to take Jamar Chase at seven or Jalen, or all of a sudden Chase and Waddle are gone and you jump up to take Devonte Smith at 9 or 10 or 14 or wherever he's going to go and you can just sit back at 34 and take Terrace Marshall I like I think there is something to that like I
0: think that's real well think about this I'll never forget talking to coach Reed I think three years ago about Mahomes it was after his MVP season and it was like was it harder to evaluate him coming from the spread offense because that was always the knock right it was harder to see how the guy would translate and he's like no I actually found it way easier. He said 20 years ago, some quarterbacks only threw it 15, 20 times a game. I would just siphon out the quick wide receiver screens, which, yeah, any quarterback can function, right? Everything five yards and deeper down like, are going to be NFL passes, right? How does his arm? How is he accurate? Wouldn't the same go for a wide receiver? Do you remember being a kid and seeing guys get drafted and it was like, career high, 30 catches. Now they got, at minimum, two years of 60, 70 catches Part of 60-70 catches, you get to see him contested balls, you get to see him break tackles, you get to see him quick screens, you get to see him run deep outs, you get to see them run deep corners, you get to see him run go routes. i argue evaluating a wide wide receiver who's played a lot and produced a lot, you've never had more film to evaluate them actually playing wide receiver in this last definitely three or four years, probably like the last decade. But now all even when the Alabamas and the LSUs start passing it more, uh, Ohio State, fuck. I actually would imagine that many like GMs would say. You know, it's actually easier to evaluate wide receivers. Part of the reason DK Metcalf fell, right, was when he, like, looked at his game log, he had missed a lot of time. He had been injured. His his questions were injury-related. Like, when you looked at Justin Jefferson, he had produced. Ruggs had played. Judy had played. CD had played. Even Ayuk was a little bit of a mystery because he, he had only been, really, a one-year super production. The previous year was a J.C. transfer, that's probably, like, if Ayuk had been a four-year guy or a three-year guy, who knows? Maybe his film was so much better, he never would have been there. Maybe, I mean...
3: these guys plan. I would also say Ayuk even is a little bit of an outlier, even when he played with Nikhil. Like, look at these LSU guys. Look at these Alabama guys. I know they're outliers, but the ball gets thrown so much that you can have multiple really productive players on one team. You play all your seven-on-seven. Seven. Who knows how many passing routes these guys have run over the courses of their lives now relative to how many... Some guy ran when he came out 20 years ago, right? The ball gets thrown. If you throw the ball 40 times, now my number three receiver might have six targets, maybe more. So I yeah. like the idea, like Ayuk is kind of an outlier, even in the sense that you should be able to rack up 50 catches as a number two guy if your team throws the ball. Now, the thing was, ASU took True did not throw freshman the ball quarterback,
0: a ton. quarterback and right. a true freshman quarterback that year, his fresh, his, I guess, first year transferring in, right?
1: Because uh, Jaden. Or no. No, Jaden no, was a true was freshman just... the year
0: that Ayuk was productive. Yeah, you're right. But it was Manny. He was
3: not good. Yeah, but they but but again, like that's a unique situation. I just my point is like, look at this. You got Terrace Marshall, you got all these Alabama guys last year, all these Alabama guys this year. You could be a number three receiver.
0: The ball gets thrown so much, you're gonna get a bunch of targets. Well, remember watching Bama a couple years ago, and it was like, Waddle, Judy, it's like they had them all. And they were all catching. You could watch a game, it was well, like I remember texting people like, who's Devontae Smith? Who's this Waddle guy? Who's this Ruggs guy? God, he's fast. You're right. They all caught the ball a lot. They, I, I don't think any of them would say, yeah, I didn't really get to eat. Right? My top, my turn's next week. My turn's going to be the third quarter. It's a good part about playing. I mean, that's always been the case for the Leach-Lincoln-Riley offenses, right? Is all their wide receivers eat. In Texas Tech and at Washington State, now with Rolovich, with Lincoln, some of the old school offenses like Julio and Amari got to eat. And then as Alabama progressed, they've just spread it out, and everyone's well, eating.
3: Here's another one: Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony. I mean, T- Tony had seventy catches this year. Pitts had forty-three. Pitts had seven hundred and seventy receiving yards and twelve touchdowns. Tony had nine hundred eighty-four receiving yards and ten touchdowns.
0: Yeah. Kyle Trask is like, that's me, bitch.
3: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, Kyle Trask threw the ball. He threw 43 touchdowns. He threw the ball 437 times in 12 well, games. This,
0: to Kyle Trask, if you evaluating him coming out in the draft, he does have a, like, you could just, you'd get a really good evaluation on him as a player. Watch him, right? Well, this is what, I've said this for years. I've never understood, like, he played with NFL
3: guys. Yeah, well, guess who he's going to play with in the NFL?
0: NFL guys. So, great. I think sometimes like when you have an NFL wide receiver and you play at like a lower level you like true. Oh, you guys are just taking advantage. Like the thing I've heard in defense of the Bama wide receivers is like you guys do realize they go up against certain every day in practice or you guys realize they go up against an NFL SEC multiple DBs every yeah. day in practice. Yeah. The, sure. the best defense they play typically has been in practice.
3: That's where like the game Gabriel Davis from UCF turns out he's a good player. One of the best yeah. games he had 2 years ago was against uh What's his name? The corner from from Stanford, who people thought at the time maybe was about to come out and be a top 15 pick. I'm blanking on his name right now. but Is that guy coming out this year? That yeah, corner? he's coming out this year. Did he opt out last year? Uh, he he, uh, I think he opted out only after the season got canceled, I think. Or then maybe God, I was reading back in little and then he opted that, out yeah. again. I can't remember exactly what the deal was. Yeah, it was confusing stuff going on. Um, but but yeah. he was a guy a few years ago. Uh, Paulson Adebo, they people thought was like gonna be a first round pick,
0: and then, well, you I I crushed one time uh, the what's his name uh, J- Jonathan Abram. I remember being like I I don't love this pick, a big hitter, and then someone DM me in the league was like uh, watch his game against Iowa Hawkinson and whoever else Fant. Because they Mississippi State played Iowa in a bowl game hit the year he came out, and he dominated them. So, like, you go into a draft room, you go, "Well, we got these two guys that are going to get drafted in the first round." Look at him checking them up, right. right? You you feel good about that's a huge part about projections is you don't have to project when the matchup is like, well, that's going to be the problem for Kyle Pitts, like who who was really covering him, and that's going to be the argument in the draft room, like who can cover him in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, the those the players he played people. in college are that like these these become NFL players. <laughs> yeah, it's the SEC like that's just gonna be no slowing him down. So do you think what do you, you do you think we only get
3: three receivers in the first round this year? Or you think it's like four or five? Because once a couple guys go, you know it can well. To, well get a Tony's a
0: char- Tony's a character guy, so he's gonna fall. Uh I mean Waddle, little Devontae, when I say Little Skinny, and Jamar Chase are lock first rounders right. and then it feels Pitt's like there's a big gap. A yeah, then, then I think it's up in the air. There's going to be potential – if a guy is, it's going to be one of those, whoa, I didn't know much about this guy because there's not many famous – Rondale Moore, who ran a really good time, right? The, the Minnesota kid. I think there's a guy at North Carolina. I, I My guess is a lot of those guys go third round. What I think – or I mean, excuse me, second round. What I think happens is a couple running backs this year, which didn't really happen the last couple years, Najee goes in the first round does etn like do you look at etn like this hybrid kind of player who's just an elite prospect from an elite school does he go in like the late 20s you know is that one of those like the steelers take it 25 or 23 you know it's one of those that to me yeah ETN, i mean naji might, guy naji might go in the teens well don't you like him more than clyde edwards helaire yes who went 32 last year like received, running backs do get drafted at the end of the first round it still happens yeah <laughs> I think if they would rather have Najee than Clyde, and they like Clyde. But it's just Clyde was the best running back in the class. I mean, Clyde was good. I mean, <laughs> I mean Clyde, Clyde, fit, would be Clyde yeah, Clyde,
3: Clyde fits. I mean, Josh Jacobs went 24, then Miles, then, you know. So we've had one, last two years, we've had one first-round running back, 18. Didn't we have two or three in 18? Let me see.
0: We had Rashad Penny. The, the year Chubb came out would have been 18, I think.
3: Where's my RBs Would've, at? From Arby's, uh, well, Saquon, then Penny, then Sony Michelle. So we ended up with three. Then Chubb went 30. There's always a running back that goes like 35, 34. You notice that? Like I don't that like him in the first good. round, but I love him at the top of the second round. It happens every yeah. year. Let's go back to 17 just for fun. Do it one more time here. Um, Fournette, McCaffrey Then Dalvin went 41 Joe Mixon went 48 Kamara went 67 Hunt went 86 Holy shit This ru- this running back draft <laughs> Deontay Foreman went 89 James Conner went 105 Samaji Pirine went 114 And Tariq Cohen went 119 Is this the greatest running back draft of all time? Jamal Williams from Green Bay went 134 Wayne Gallman went 140 I mean, God damn. that run again, Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, Deontay Foreman, James Conner, Samaji P. Ryan, Tariq Cohen. That, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Now the Jags would say we didn't nail that pick, but I'd say that's What 10. year
0: is this? This
3: is 17.
0: Does Joe Williams go in the fourth round as well? Uh, Was that the Joe Williams? Would have been Kyle's first year, right? 17,
3: yeah, he would have. If it was Kyle's first. Yeah, Joe Williams actually broke the streak of great of like really good <laughs> running back picks.
0: Yeah, At least it's not like, you know, they uh, they took Joe Williams over Alvin Kamara or something like that. <laughs> That'd be a hard one to share. That was a hell of a running back draft for being uh, for but the they- running back being dead. Did Joe Williams went after Tariq Cohen? Yeah, he huh? went after right. all those guys. Yeah, uh, okay.
3: Yeah, he oh was God. the first guy that turned out th- of that group that's not like a really good NFL running back, right? You, now. you can st- you can stomach it. Uh, I do have to say, John James Wiseman. If we could talk about the Warriors for a minute, was the number one reason. I know Steph is the number one reason to watch basketball. Wiseman was the number one reason I turned the Warriors on every night just to watch them. And yeah. uh, I did have the game on TV two, on. Saturday night When he got Stoned, packed I mean, I don't know what you would call it No one uses the word pack anymore But he got packed We used to to use it in our younger days It's different than a block Pack is just like your whole momentum stops When the ball gets, you get stiffed And when he went down, I thought Ah, he's just kind of You know, he's hurt, kind of embarrassed, hurt Not actually hurt Turns out he might, as of this recording I think some people are saying he's got a
0: slight well, I think it's knee. been officially reported. He's got a torn meniscus. Oh, right? that's official I mean, now? And, Shams and I mean, Woj and Shams. Choms and Woj said it, so. and
3: then I saw Monty Poole said it, but then the team is still waiting. But that's
0: kind of what they did with Clay, remember, and everyone already knew. Yeah, they are kind of mum with injuries. I mean, that sucks. And I was thinking today, do you kind of just... If the basketball gods floated down and said, hey, will you go on this five-year run where by year three you're going to add Kevin Durant and you're going to win three of five, but you will just be the lead story for five straight years, and definitely three years, the basketball axis will turn on you. But the next two years are going to be an utter just catastrophe. One, this thing called Corona is going to come in this self-financed arena. You're not going to be able to have anyone. And even if you were, you're actually kind of lucky because people would be pissed because your team would suck. Uh, guy there, the number 10 seed, and really the only reason we still talk about them like a playoff team is because of this fake playing thing that Adam Silver thinks is a good idea, which I don't even hate. I got no thought problem actually thinking outside the box and trying to create interest in, in a league that has no urgency. But I mean, I, I just think the Warriors probably, I mean, they I, I was texting with someone today, I'm like, are they gonna miss? And it was like, well, Wiseman actually doesn't win and loss. doesn't have that big of an impact. But they do play the Pelicans, who are right behind him. And I I just saw some of Zion's box scores. It's like 35, 10, and 12 every night. Like, he is a beast. They play the Pelicans like three times in the last two weeks, and that might come down. Like, I watched the Warriors. Under no circumstances are they a playoff team. Like, Steph's a playoff player. Everyone else, losers. (laughs) Wiseman, to me, Wiseman was just a guy that most years on a really shitty team and just gets to fly around and do fun stuff. It's hard on this team because they're like trying to win, but kind of curse said they weren't trying to win, and then they've just had a bizarre year. It really has been bizarre. I, you wouldn't, you would do the deal
3: like the deal you described. You would absolutely do to that the, deal to the basketball gods. Yeah, you would do the deal with the gods. But you know, once you do the deal, you're like, no, nah, let's let's take advantage of this thing. Let's let's build. Let's be great again. The goal here is to make money and win, so let's make money and win. So once you're in it, it's always easy to go in retrospect and go. God, it's it was great while it lasted, but we got to be able to capitalize on this thing now. Like, we built this new arena to capitalize on the fact that we matter, like really matter. So, you know, now the beauty of that thing is once you get some concerts and all that kind of stuff and you still have staff, but just not being able to watch this guy, like, that's what this was about now. is Let's just let this guy who cares about the playoffs one way or the other, let's maybe we'll make them. Let's let this guy run around and develop. And that's what hurts. It's like he didn't play. He played whatever, eight games as a college freshman. Just the getting was, him. I thought it was I thought it was three. Three, whatever it was. I think you're right. Let's just let him run free for a while. He didn't get camp because he had a COVID night, positive COVID. Then he banged up a little bit with a wrist. Then he misses the first game or two after the All-Star break because he missed the test. And it's just... You would not. It has not been smooth. I mean, there is no question about that. And now it's just. Do you think? Do you think Wiseman has ever been rejected like that in his life? No. I. I. It was devastating when I saw the play. I. I couldn't. I didn't notice the knee because I watched the play seven times. Like I can't believe that just happened to him,
0: because he didn't go up like it's ever happened to him. How, how does that guy? Okay. He's, God, he went up to throw down like he was in an AAU tournament, and the uh, whole place was going to go nuts. Uh, and he got fucking rejected. I, I was shocked. <laughs> when I saw it happen live, I was shocked. And it.
3: I am shocked. I hold my breath more on, watching basketball games than I do watching football games. No, Because the collisions happen so high above the ground. Football, I agree. you probably don't appreciate how physical the sport is. But basketball, there are so many plays like Clay's play. Uh, Or like Paul George when he broke his leg, that it is just, it's high in the air, it's happening at a very high speed, and you have to stop, and the ground is hard, and it's just, landing on dunks is terrifying, it really is, it freaks me out, so, it sucks man, because I did, I know that we want to see more from Wiseman and all that stuff, but I I did enjoy watching him. I think there's just one of the most basic things in sports for a fan base. Just watch your young guy and try to figure out if he's got it or not. And Wiseman gave me that entertainment. So, yeah, uh, that sucks. Wait till next year. (laughs) The other thing is like, how about that? You could say that you could argue the same thing, like for Bryson and the Masters. Now we've had two Masters in six months. He has not. Now, maybe part of the deal with the Masters, right, is you just you got to play the place a lot. And you could argue that the way Bryson's playing it now, that all how many times do you think Bryson played the Masters
0: before these last two events? I, I think like three or four times. Like you, he, he, had, what, he, he. Once he won the U.S. Amateur, then he got in, and then he became a pro. He played it every year. So, but you could I, I see. Part of me wonders because Matsuyama's played it a lot and played well there, right? Yeah.
3: Bryson playing it very differently than he's ever played it before. His previous experience doesn't maybe help him as much now. That the way he's trying to play it, it's as if he's played it only twice. That these are the first times he's played it like this, that it's going to take him a while to figure it out
0: how to play it this new way. I don't know, but. Well, I pulled up the leaderboard. It's got to be the only tournament beside the ones with no cut, but the ones with a cut, you get $10,000 for just making the Masters. Even if you get cut, you get 10K. It's a nice little thing. Cut covers your rental barely. Uh, Depends where you're probably renting. (laughs) Bryson finished T46. and he shot 76. He had the good round on Friday, 67, then 75, 75. Bryson DeChambeau, 76, 75, 75 in three out of his four rounds. Like, that's fucking terrible. Now tell me where like, Phil finished, who does not physically, physically. Ha- he
3: cannot hang with Bryson,
0: but has played yeah, the course can- a million times. Uh, Phil finished even. 75, 72, 69, 72. Which was at what, 25th, something like that? You t- T20, Okay, basically. Like, that's my point. Stuart Sink guy, T12. His kid on the bag. How about that? I'm just... These guys... To me, clearly, there is something that Bryson has cracked a coat. And on a flat tournament, even like at Harding Park. Remember, he kind of made a charge. Had some moments. Matt Wolf is another guy who's like a poor man's Bryson. Just hit these bombs. He, He got DQ'd, but he... Like, clearly, the Masters messes with him, too. Like, for whatever reason and you notice it watching it, the ball doesn't stop. Part of the U.S. Open, what makes it great, I think, for Bryson, is the ball's going to stop if you miss the fairway for everybody. And his advantage is he's way farther down. He can hack it out. Here, the ball's always rolling. So just having uncontrolled distance with, let's face it, like even when he's controlling it straight, you don't probably want to be 360 in some of these places. Or some of his irons that are coming in at such warp... I mean, he's hitting nine iron 200 yards... Like, there is a touch element to just being able to compete at this place. Like, the one thing all the guys in the mix we watch on Saturday, Sunday, it's like a lot of touch, a lot of crazy shots, a lot of, like, Jordan Spieth hitting around trees and Paul Casey hooking it around stuff. And, Phil, you watch Bryson. I hate to say this because he is an elite player and he's gonna he's going to win a lot. He's not really a big, like, shot maker. His shots are all – he is very robotic that way. It always looks the same. Now, he's – elite at what he it's does. while his club is, lengths are the same, right? Yeah, just very, very... Like, I, I would never bet on him again to win the Masters. And I have the last couple of times, like, he, maybe he does it one dime in his career, I won't have money on him. I think at this point in time now, it's like, clearly this, this is a major project for him.
3: Well, yeah, I think what we're watching with him, it, what you're describing is that he plays like a machine. I think we're watching him trying to calibrate the machine for the Masters right
0: now. He's not He's not close. But he needs there, more data. There ch- yeah, there, there is a chance, like, he ends up a four- or five-time major winner, and this is just the tournament that always gets in his Could craw.
3: Could be. Could be. Because I watch him and think, like, he ain't even close. I know, I know. But I would treat him like he's only... Like, that was the second time he's played the Masters. Because it's the second time he's played the Masters like this.
0: I do think when you watch the Masters, though, and here's what I've really learned these last two times, betting on Bryson, there is a huge, like... Being a shot maker, having touch, just having a feel. Like I, in a weird way, I don't think Bryson's very feel oriented. You can't be when you're swinging. And this that course hard. is He's,
3: so you know. I think they it's uh, all feel. I saw the no laying up guys. I think tweet like credit the ESPN and CBS. They're giving us a lot of different camera angles. Maybe it's because I saw that tweet that then I noticed what's been there the whole time, or maybe I hadn't seen it this way before. Lot, lot more openings without tons of fans. That's true. I think, but too. the level of just uneven lies that you get in a fairway. It's pretty significant. Like, there are just Uh, undulations. undulations. There are a lot of undulations Yeah. on on good shots, not just like when you hit a ball offline,
0: right? Well, do you you imagine the next, like, five years with Bryson? Let's just assume he stays healthy. You know, in, like, the British Open, when it's always, like, hard, cold, you hit, like, low run. How's he going to look? Because they didn't play it last year. I'm fascinated, like, is he going to be a factor there, or is that going to mess with him, too? Yeah. I don't know. I would probably stay away because that's a little you gotta have a feel. He's kind of just bombing gouge there. And the here's it's, the thing, the wind
3: change, like the conditions change the conditties can change dramatically, right? It's hard to just plug that one into the formula. And I don't say, I'm probably that, just, in I don't on, say that in a negative
0: I, way. But. I would say I'm in on Bryson. Every US Open he'll he have a chance. This Bryson, right? US Open he'll be a factor. PGA championship, depending on where it is, he'll definitely be a factor. I'd say the Masters and the the, the Open, as the uh, as the you know they say across mm-hmm, the pond. Mm-hmm. I call it the British. Probably, I would red flag him there too. Well, it could be weird. Yeah, I mean, you really just honest. think about
3: like I'm just going back. I mean, Tom Watson competed. Shane Lowry, experienced Jordan obviously won it. Francisco Molinar, Molinar, Molinari a couple years ago. Henrik Stenson won the Open in 16. Zach Johnson, Rory, yeah, Phil, Ernie Els, Darren Clark. Like these are. You know, Patty Harrington, Tiger, obviously. Experienced players.
0: Is he just going to be one of those guys that wins like three U.S. Opens and that's just kind of what he dominates? Maybe. That's a pretty good career if that's what he does. What if he's like, I just did it all for the U.S. Open? (laughs) Everyone says they play four times a year. I just play, I just get loaded for one. (laughs) And I I rack up like two or three other PGA Tour champ, you know, tournaments. Yeah. it would be a really good career. Because he is made for like a random PGA Tour event, right? It's kind of flat and you just like let it rip. Like the Valero, the Sony. You just think of the, you know, the crystal geyser open, like the stuff you'd see in Happy Gilmore. Just the random tournaments. Bryson's gonna win those. Yeah. The Masters, I'm I'm out on them. Miss you, Tiger. We did miss Tiger. We we never got one the Tiger you, zoom call. One thing you hear, they do a lot of stats, like this is Phil's thirty-third. Uh, round at the Masters under par. This is Matt Kuchar past Tiger and the all-time match play wins. Tiger's career really had a lot of it disappear over the years for injuries, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If Tiger had just been healthy the whole time, there would not be a record that anyone would have sniffed. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even if he just got, let's just say, to Jack's 18. that's where, But just the other things he would have Sure, just up. by
3: playing in the Valeros <laughs> and the Crystal Geysers. Part
0: of his stats are like, it's crazy that he does have the lead on some of these records. He's missed. How many years, if we really dove in, did he just miss? Like, probably five total yeah. of the last 20? Just gone. <laughs> he misses a lot of time. He like he, He'd be like a football player that had three different ACLs in a 15-year career.
3: But still won, like, four MVPs. You'd be like, God, imagine yeah, if he stayed so, healthy it, w- it w- wouldn't have been a fair I time. mean, honestly, more than four MVPs. Yeah, probably like probably, eight. Yeah. Eight MVPs. He
0: he would be like Brady. Like be like seven Super Bowls, still miss four seasons. Did go unbeat, like finish an unbeaten year.
3: Finish the job. Yeah. He he wouldn't have lost that thing. All right, big week, everybody. And then another big week, and then another big week. And we just keep stacking big weeks. Yeah, just keep stacking, guy.
0: Keep stacking